Forgotten Flicks remembers Electric Boogaloo. Not the breakdancing movie, the documentary. 2014. Hello, and welcome to what is technically the sixth season of Forgotten Flicks. Sure, we call it Forgotten Flicks Remembers now, but it's the same freaking show. So, if, if you're a longtime listener, welcome back. Thank you for joining us. If you're listening to us in the future, and we've all long been dead, welcome anyway. We're glad to hear you, glad to see you, glad to talk to you. I am Joel, and I am joined by... Two hosts, two people, just like last time. <laughs> the one and the only Daryl. Yes. And the only and the one Peter. Yes. Guys, Hello. guys, we are Welcome not back. doing Retro Movie Geek, just to reiterate. Pre- no. And I, I, I was That was actually more for me than you. And, okay. and we are doing Forgotten Flicks, the podcast where we talk about the movies you grew up with but probably don't remember, and if you do, many of them you may want to forget. But I am sure that would not apply to any of the movies covered in the really retro documentary we're covering. You know, the one that's like a year old? Oh, yeah. For our first uh-huh. episode back for Forgotten Flicks. But I think, to be yeah. fair, in... <laughs> well, yeah, that's in your neck of the woods. You're, <laughs> you're, you're naked of the woods. Uh-huh. Ah, yeah, so... We are covering the, was it the Electric Boogaloo, the Wild and Untold Story of Canon Films? Is that the subtitle? I probably I have it in front yeah. of you. The Wild Untold Story of Canon Films. That's it. Yes. Yes. Yep. From 2014, it is an Australian documentary. It is directed by Mark Hartley. It was produced by Mr. Brett Ratner, he of Rush Hour fame and other flicks. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, Peter, do you, do you, uh, Want to to hit us with a little bit of a synopsis, or do you want to just because it is a documentary, so it's just not really a story, All right? No, well, I have a, a short synopsis. Okay, well, good. What do you got? They talk about the Canon Group. That's a Fair. good one. And if that yeah. isn't and that isn't enough, how about this? Our agent Marty Baum said, "Look, if you guys want to just go make a film and be totally left alone, there are two new guys in town." Menachem Golden and Yoram Globus were the heavyweights. They were the George Foremans and the Muhammad Ali's of the indie market. Canon is the only company who loves cinema. Cinema is our life. Yoram Globus was the businessman behind the movie making. Where is my money? You promise and promise and promise and you're not paying. Menachem Golan was the movie maker. Menachem, I cannot do it. I'm dying. He said, you know, do it and then die. Had in my head what a movie producer should be, and Menachem just didn't quite fit that picture. He redubbed me with an American voice, but not a voice similar to mine. A true ninja doesn't kill, he eliminates, and only for defensive purposes. He's so not ninja. I don't know, I've never seen a ninja. 
They were the forerunners of the Weinsteins. The difference is the Weinsteins cared about quality. What I love the most in that is when, uh, is it Franco Nero? Is that the actor? Yeah. yeah. When, when, when you hear the dubbed version of yeah. his voice. And yes. a ninja doesn't kill. Yeah, I know it's so, only only for defensive purposes. It sounds like a porn thing. It something. does. It sounds like, like a like... foreign porn. Or something. <laughs> it's so weird. You promise. You promise. You promise until you don't pay. <laughs> so bad. Was it? Oh, fit, Frank and you... Air, like... oh yeah, what? yeah. I was going to say, what was the uh, one line that they said? Uh, 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 Golan said about you know, you first you finish the film, then you die. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yes, it is about uh, the, the canon that films. Was most of the lines in the movies. So it, it really was. There was a lot of that. Yeah. So it is, a, it is a documentary all about the canon films. And just to jog everyone's memory, if you don't recall canon, I have the whole pretty much assuming Wikipedia. Uh, everybody has been editing the Wikipedia entry uh, properly. I have a pretty major list here. I'm not going to go through everyone, but I figured we'd mention various titles as we go along. And I'd kind of just scan through and mention a couple, probably some of the better known and maybe some of the lesser known ones. But this is probably the easiest way to jog everybody's memory. Let's see if this rings a bell. That was their the music from their logo where you see the what I, I see. Here's the thing: as a kid, I also would get them and uh, was it Coralco? Their yes, logo. I have, a, I have a list of those movies too, right in front of me. <laughs> it's, that was Orion, right? Wasn't it, wasn't Coralco connected? I have to, both. I have both Coralco and Orion. Were they? Were they? But weren't they at some point together? I seem to feel like they were. Maybe they weren't. Daryl's like Daryl's like Kirk cares because it doesn't matter and. It's not Molly Ringwald. I, I, by the way, folks, uh, Molly Ringwald also featured in this documentary, along with many other luminaries. Uh, we may have lost Daryl. We may have lost Daryl. So pretty much Daryl's input at this point will just be the occasional uh, uttering of Molly Ringwald. Think of him as the Matt Damon puppet from Team America for this episode. She's so beautiful. Okay, well, I guess he's already said more than the Matt Damon puppet did. But still, I figured he probably just said Molly Ringwald a lot. Too, so. Uh, uh, speaking well, speaking of Molly Ringwald, who is in this documentary, we also yeah. had yeah, she's like sunshine thrown into the sky and shining on all of us. <laughs> do you, do you want to tell everybody what what she what she looks beautiful in? Just get that out of the way now, Daryl. She so I could... looks beautiful in anything that she wears. But we determined she also does what? She looks pretty in pink. I don't care. <laughs> I, she's not a joke to me. She's real. She's, she's real. special. She is a very special lady, very talented she special looked, lady. She looked good in purple, the picture you sent. Yeah. 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 I didn't see that picture, but I assume it's probably for the best. All right. So, John G. Abelson, name ring a bell. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, sure. Director of. Uh, oh, you're talking, talking to us. Yeah, oh, I, I was I was I was actually talking to myself pretty much any, at this point uh, with Retro Movie Geek. I occasionally will engage you guys and actually want oh. your feedback. Normally, oh. though, with Forgotten Flicks, it's all rhetorical. And of course, it was to you. Yeah, Evelson, uh, damn it. Do you guys really I not know. know? Really? Oh, we are you say you know what? I, I, I quit. Names. I'm done. I quit. It's a lot I of quit. Names. It's like a hundred million. John people G. Evelson directed Rocky. That's right. And, I was like, what the hell did we cover? And Peter's yeah. favorite, Rocky Five. I'm old. I don't remember everything. What? what? I don't, what? Did I? Okay. <laughs> Just kidding, Peter. Uh, he also directed It's a Cruel, 
Cruel Summer. Not the music video for that Bananarama song, oh. but Karate Kid. <laughs> Karate Kid. Yes, God, all that movie. I need to watch that again, pretty much. I bet you do. I do. Yeah, you we, you don't. What? Wait, beep, whoa, whoa, whoa. Er, hold on. Beep, 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 beep. Um, Daryl. What? Were you? There was a mocking tone to the way you <laughs> say Karate. There's no mocking tone. You don't like Karate Kid? I did like Karate Kid. You're like, I just make that assumption because I read into what you did and then I assumed it and then I just assume you don't like Karate Kid. Why do you hate Mr. Miyagi? Oh, I just feel like we're dating. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because co-hosting a podcast with me is very akin (laughs) to that. Just don't like Karate Kid too much because that would be creepy. We're not talking about the remake. All right, no, so Mark, I didn't hate. Now, hundred bucks, folks. Hundred bucks is the next name I say. At the very least, Peter will certainly know this one, and it proves uh-huh. it, it proves a general point. I don't know what that point is, but it, of course, he's going to be he's going to deny. He's going to be like, I have no idea who that is. Um, Martine Beswick. Uh, Martine, yeah, rings a bell. Who, what, what, was, what was she in? Uh, God, are we going to do this the whole? Yeah, he's going <laughs> to throw the, names out. I and... love that this is the first episode back. After like a two and a three month hiatus, and all it will be is me uh, reading yeah. names and going, "Come on, guys!" I'm getting to people. List, so of course, okay. wasn't she in a the Bond movie or something? She may have been, but she was. I wasn't she the Happy Hooker? Or am I thinking? Oh, would it be was. great if I'm wrong? <laughs> so I'm giving you crap. I mean, I love the idea. I'm gonna I'll be like, right? She was, wasn't she the Happy Hooker? I'm not sure. I'll have to check. Happy. Oh, I have to look it up. What is wrong with you with these driving names? Okay, stuff? Richard Chamberlain. Oh, he was in um, that. Um, yes, that. Neander Jones. Uh, King Solomon's uh, Mine, which oh, was a yeah. canon film. Absolutely. And uh, Alan Quartermain in The Lost City of Gold. Sharon yeah. Stone, right? Was she in both of those? Yeah, yeah she was in those movies, and they, no one was happy about that, it. Yeah, they, well, yeah we'll, we'll have to cover those. The Happy Hooker Goes to Hollywood. There it is. All right. Actually, well, she was in the Happy Hooker in was it seventy five ish somewhere in that ballpark, and then there was another one in between the Hollywood. Yeah, it was seventy five. And then there was what's the one after the original? There was another one after the original, and then there's one the Hollywood one. Yeah, the Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember the name. I don't think I've ever seen any of them. No, I know I've right. seen one of them so. at least. No, I don't think I know. that would have been that would have been a Skinamax type movie, right? I they, probably saw both when you're when you're thirteen years old <laughs> and you're flipping through, you know, Skinamax at one thirty a.m. That, that's what that would be. With the sock on. <laughs> why are you Sorry. telling everybody here? What I love is that I, I why why do I bother with the clean tag? That's the question. <laughs> this is forgotten flicks. Well, yeah, but I still try, I'm trying. So Sybil Danning is also in this documentary. Yes, Sybil Danning, Danning, the actress. Mainly uh, for for her, the name the the movie that always jumps out at me is Howling Two. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> because do you remember the? Do you remember the? Uh, it's a subtitle of it, I believe. Do you remember the, the subtitle of Howling Two? No. Isn't it your sister's a werewolf or something like that? Might be. It's something ridiculous. <laughs> just it's so ridiculous. All right. Uh, Bo Derek, we covered that offline. Uh, uh, of course, Luc- whoa, that sounds dirty. <laughs> it did. Lucinda Dickey, who is probably best known for there's two canon films, well three technically. Yeah. Well, Breaking. 
and uh, well, yeah, the the second one too, yeah. uh, Electric Boogaloo. And then and then wasn't she also <laughs> in some domination? She was in the Ninja one too. Yeah, the yeah. Ninja. Th- yeah. That that the movie Beast. after they show the clips from that because I don't I remember the title. That's the other I thing about canon. The movie I saw. I that never the saw that. Theater. I never I saw. saw oh, I saw it in the movie. Theater. I have seen none of the Ninja movies. They had her in the leotards and the yoga pants. I remember that. It was I, the yoga yeah, pants. Ninja? I never seen, seen any of them. Ninja with well, Michael Nero. Kazuki, None of them. man. Now you've not seen. Yeah. I've you, ne- you didn't see Revenge of the Ninja either. No, and I, I have never seen any of the American Ninja movies. Wow, right? I saw oh, I saw those in the movies. But see, I'm it's very well, well, yeah, because you but yeah, that's not fair. You're in New York City, and you had like Times Square and crap where you could go to like CD. Well, you act like you lived in the Walton world or something. They had have no you been to Central Florida? Have People been, walked away. They have walked you been to foot. Central Florida? Not okay. recently. Yes, I, I have. Yeah, okay. When, when when Orlando is like the biggest game in town, I'm just saying. I mean, but you people had you had. Oh, uh, you people! What you, you, you had anyway, technology, right? Okay. Uh, the Waltons fit. You rock around with the goddamn pants, <laughs> with the the suspender. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Well, Ma, what you want to see tonight? I don't know, Paul. How about we go see American Ninja Part Eight, The Dominatrix? <laughs> Michael Dudikoff, who was a, the American Ninja. Yes. See, and that's the thing is, yes. most of the canon movies, even the ones I never saw or only saw oh, bits of, only know them. You know of them. You I mean, know you them. Will. The posters yeah. were always in the in the yeah, video store. American Ninja was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, American Ninja. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, good. yeah. Oh, we'll talk about it. We'll get there. Robert yeah. Forster. Now, the thing about Robert Forster is, I always knew of him, but it wasn't until Jackie Brown that he sort of became enough of my consciousness that when they'd say, oh, and he was an alligator, and he was in, I was like, oh, that's right, he was in all those. Yeah, and and, and uh, the, son of the, uh, the Delta Force. Yeah, that was the, the canon yeah. movie, I think that that's why they had right. it. Uh, the lovely Diane Franklin, who was, of course, in a movie we covered a while back with our buddy Vince, yep. the last American virgin. I like that they, they kind of had a lot about uh, that, and... Uh, uh, the a lemon, lemon, po- lemon popsicle, yeah. yeah, and it really was shot for freaking shot. Yeah, I know. It was it's like what life. Gus Van Sant. It, it, it was more shot for shot of a remake than Gus Van Sant's Psycho. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know because he at least inserted watch. other stuff. Yeah, I want to watch Lemon Popsicle. Yeah, I would like. Oh, I would oh, mind seeing it at some point. I'm, I'm gonna see if I can find. I, I found them last year after we covered the. Uh, the Last American Virgin, but uh, I think they were fairly expensive, so I'll have to check them again. I want all of them. I want to watch all eight of them. I'm really shocked they're not on YouTube or something. That just that do you would think, right? Yeah. yeah, Elliot Gould, Elliot Gould, the actor. Now, you know what's funny about Elliot Gould to me? I know he was in a movie. I believe it was an Herbert Altman movie, Last Goodbye. And mm-hmm. and I know he was in like a but he's like a Michael Caine to me that he's from that era of the seventies when he was a huge right. star in that very specific time period. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I know I've seen a gajillion movies with him, but yet for some reason, for some reason, the only thing that I remember about him, and I'm going to... Boston Monica's dad? See, I completely forgot about that. And, but once you mention it, it's like, oh yeah, you're right, he was. But for some reason with him, he was married to Barbara Streisand, right? Because they have a son together? Uh, like, that's the only thing I ever remember about the guy. I didn't and wouldn't it be hilarious if I'm wrong? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I never knew that. But like, She's I don't know why. Machine. It's weird. It's like if you said to me what movies in Ellie Golden, I would I would say The Last Goodbye, Mash. only a Mash. Okay, see, yeah, you say that. You're right, Mash. But I wouldn't have said that. I would have. I nope. just don't remember. I don't know what it is nope. about the guy. He's a great actor, but I always yes, forget is. him. Well, he's like he's he he has been in so many uh, co-stars. He's co-starred in so many yes. movies. Yeah. Yes, kind of. Yes, he's that guy. He's always been around. Which yes, you just don't. Uh, but he's not really a character actor. Like I don't think of him 
Ding. As he was. What? 1963 to 1971. Boom. The Boom. Na- nailed it. Oh, no. But that's the only oh. thing I know because it's like he's, you know what's strange to me? He's kind of a leading man type. He's not like, is he's, he though? He's not, no, he's not like a, one of these like Warren Beatty, good looking type guys. Right. But yet he's not really a character actor either though. He doesn't play, he always plays, I, I seem to, my, my sense with him is he always played similar, like an Alan Alda, right? Alan Alda's right. not a leading man in the classic sense, but right. he's also not really a character actor. He plays kind of similar guys. Or Richard Benjamin, yeah. you remember him from back in the day? You know, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. kind of thing. Like they're, they're, they're good actors, they're funny and when they need to be, they're, yeah. but, but they're not really character actors. You don't, they don't get into these parts and you're like, no, and you oh. Never, no, you never get the, the, the huge leading man. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah, it's not that either. So I don't know what you would classify. Yeah, that he's as. not somebody that could pull a. Um, he's not. He's not a, a big movie star that if you put his name on something, he's going to pull in a big audience. But yeah. he's oh. someone that could carry. He, he's, yeah, and you know he's going to be great in it. He's got the yeah. chops. Yeah, he's got the chops. Going to be great in it, but people wouldn't know necessarily. They, they hear the name, they wouldn't just jump and go, "Oh, I, I, I want to see that guy." Uh, we have, uh, according, I'm going based on the interviewees list on um, MDBA. I'm uh, no, sorry, not MDBA, uh, w- w- Wikipedia. And uh, the thing about this list is it isn't it, it isn't complete because I know for a fact that there's a couple people that they also interviewed that are not on here. Um, no, fix it. Well, exactly. I mean, because like, for instance, right, uh, well, no, okay, Alex Winter's at the end. I didn't see him at first. Okay. Uh, uh, but Toby Hooper, the great director who, if he had done nothing in his life other than direct, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and allegedly Poltergeist huh. <laughs> that he, the man could seriously just have gone, all right, drop the mic. I'm done. But yeah. you know, he, he's one of those directors to me that I love. I, I, I put him at the same level as a carpenter, as a uh, Wes Craven, all these guys yet, yet when you look at the totality of all of his films, mm-hmm. there's a lot of misses. And 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 there's some that were hits, or that in 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 a artistic, creative, or entertainment sense, but they didn't necessarily do commercially well. I've always found I know a lot of people hate it, but I like Texas Chainsaw too. I, I like the humor yeah. to me is more blatant in it than because I know he yep. thought the first one was a black comedy, but um, yeah, but it, it's more broad in the second. Yes, it is for yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I thought of the Took first one of the hemorrhoids. More of an indie indie. Yeah. Well, he has always said, he said he meant the first one to be this like a black dark comedy, and and if you go back and watch it in that context, mm-hmm. you can kind of see it. I think that's a bit of a stretch, sort of like how it apparently is. when he shot it, he actually wanted a PG. He said he shot it as if he would get a PG because I think his intention was if I shoot it as if it's going to be a P, I want a PG. I'll mm-hmm. never get that just for the tone of the movie, but at least I won't uh-huh. get an X. Like I think he was trying to avoid nope. the X. Yeah. So. Uh, but yeah, PG. yeah. I mean, they don't really show not much any anything. No, no. It's it's the it's the tone of the movie. Sure. And Chainsaw, the first one to me, I remember being a kid, and I got I was a very sensitive kid. I've said this before, but I probably around late middle school into high school is when I started getting really more heavy into horror. But prior to that, I remember I'd go to the video store and you'd see the box for Texas Chainsaw, and I think it was the cover where it's still from the movie when Leatherface is running down the road towards the end. And, and it's the sun's rising. And it's just that I remember thinking this is like, as a kid that I didn't know what a snuff film was. I didn't know what, you know, th- like the most depraved things you could see were. But I felt that must be it. Like there was something about that movie with that title. I thought it would be like the worst thing ever. Now, I think it's one of the greatest horror movies ever. And it holds up really well, in my opinion. It holds up really well. But oh, oh, 
guess how it fared here in Sweden. Uh, I'm gonna just take a while. Yes. Well, you know what's hilarious though? It's not that violent. It's violent. Like for, no, here's the no, thing: no, but... every frame is loaded with violence, but the movie itself is not got any. Like other than like two parts, there's very little graphic depiction of violence, and even then, it's not that graphic. It matter the tone but it's of it. Scary. It is scary. It is a yeah. It's the tone of it, and uh, a lot of movies with uh, this kind of. I don't know. Yeah, tone of movie got in trouble here. If you put, I'm pretty confident in in that time in Sweden. If you put massacre, slaughter, bloodbath, anything like that in the title, even if it was something very tame, they yep. still would have nailed it. Yeah, probably, yeah. It would have been looked at once or twice, and and a lot of movies came up. Uh, the the first time was they got banned, and the second time it was they they released another. Copy a little bit and shortened, but it still got banned. And it, it could take up to 10 years for some movies to really actually get wow. released uncut. So did, did Chainsaw get banned? Uh, yes. Wow. So they didn't even try to cut it, right? They just banned it. Let's uh, put it this way. The first time I saw Chainsaw uh, Massacre was uh, the Mad adaptation in the, in the, in the, the comics. So they didn't ban that? Uh, no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Okay, so the the other director, they talked to several directors, but the other one who gets who wins the world for greatest name ever, and pretty confident I might be mispronouncing it, uh, just Jacken. <laughs> just Jacken. Oh, Jacken. Yeah. I meant Jacken, yeah, not too. just Jacken. Jacken. It's spelled J A E C K I N. People. Oh, Can, okay. That it's and his little his first name is. J U S T. If I'm pronouncing that in Central Florida ease, it is Dirty. just Jackin. Dirty. <laughs> Jackin. Ooh. Oh. Jackin. <laughs> oh. So, uh, Landon, who for some reason is completely escaping me as to who she was within the context of the documentary. Oh, I know exactly who she was. She oh. doesn't, she hasn't, oh God, this is kind of sound. It, she hasn't really aged well. But, Which, uh, one Which one is she? So, the blonde one. She was in America 3000. She was in. Was she the uh, one that, that burned her copy or was going to. Oh, destroy? right. Yeah. She oh, told them to she, pay the crew. Yeah, she, yeah, she hated yeah. the. She hated them so much that she was like, this is my only copy of this movie and I'm going to. Yeah. Wait a yeah, long no, time to burn she, that movie. She called Hundra. She was in a movie called I, the Jury, which I hope we will cover at some point, which is a, a really good movie. Mike Spillane. Uh, it's a Mike Hammer uh, adaptation. But if she was in that one, it looked good. Dolph Lundgren? Yep. I don't think we have to go too much into that. Obviously, Rocky IV. Uh, he's been in Expendables movies. I Come in Peace. Uh, that'd be a crap ton of direct-to-video type pieces. things. What did you say? You said I Come in Pieces, and you go in, in pieces. pieces. Spoiler alert. Oops. We do need to cover that, because that's one of those that I think going way back to last year, when I asked people, hey, what movies would you want us to cover? I had about 18 people say, cover I Come in Peace. <laughs> To the movies to see that. Oh yeah, I went on a date to see that. Oh, I went on a first date. Yes, yeah, see, I knew he did that movie. Yeah. What's that? The Perils of Gwendolyn in the Land of the Yik Yak. Who, who did that movie? Just Jaken. Jaken. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, so Franco Nero, Bro. we mentioned him earlier. Yes. Now, what is Franco Nero best known for? Do you think was he was he Django? No, he wasn't Django, was he? The original Django. The American Ninja dude. Yeah, I know that he was in that, but I'm saying from, that's for Ken. I'm talking about going way back in the day. Uh, yeah. Was yeah. he the original Django? Yeah, he was the original Django. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love 
Yeah, I man. And it, well, I feel like there was something else. Wasn't there something more recent? Well, I mean, I, I mean he probably had well, a, we had a cameo in Django Unchained, but uh, just, uh, wasn't there something else though? I could have sworn there was something else besides because he was in. Okay, the canon movie he was in was Enter the Ninja, right? That was in eighty one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But the, uh, something recently? Yeah, I just feel like there was something more like within the last ten years. Uh, I'm, like, I'm just imagining stuff. Maybe it was the Django uh-huh. cameo. He wasn't. I mean, I'm about to say that this was the cameo he did. Yeah, but, but I, feel, I, I mean, I feel like it was something more than that. Like it was something. What's the name? What's that dude's name again? Franco Nero. Franco Nero. Well, I'll, I'll move on where you guys are contemplating his filmography. Cassandra Peterson, the one, the only. The only. Just say it. I thought one of you guys was going to say her, like who she, her alter ego is. I thought you were going to say it. You, you're the one. I was like, the one, the only, and you guys go, one and only. Well, um, we're looking for what he's in. I'm okay, Elvira. She plays Elvira, people. Um, what was the canon movie she was in? Was she in Hercules or was she in something else? Hercules, no, Hercules. No, I, yeah, I think uh, it was. Hercules, was it wasn't it? With Lou Ferrigno, I yes. think so. I went to the movies to see that and the sequel. You do understand. You, did? Oh, you do man. understand that the short list of canon movies that we cover this year, that has to be on it, right? Because I've never yes. seen that. And oh, the, and the moment God. with the bear, I, I the <laughs> yeah, second I saw that, awesome. I, 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 I said, oh, we're so covering this movie. But you know, it's funny. It is a better Hercules film than it, – it's actually more real Hercules than the freaking – Rock uh, movie? Radner movie. Oh, the uh, – the, um, is it, oh, I thought you talked about the Didn't Dwayne Johnson? Right, didn't, didn't he was good? He was good, but he wasn't. Uh, really, yeah. There wasn't really a Hercules. He didn't. He wasn't a son of the gods. And oh, all. Okay, That's he took all that out of it. So this is more true to the mythology. Yeah, this is totally like with with stuff teddy bears being thrown into space. Uh, oh yeah, it was cool. Um, actually, he's in a Franco uh, Nero going back to Franco Nero. He's been in. A, he's he's got some things coming up still. Yeah, two thousand seventeen. Okay. Damn. So, Okay. Yeah, Good he's friend. uh what? He the, the the last couple things he did, he was in some short obsessive rhythms, Killer Mermaid. I don't know how good this was. A lot of shorts. He he must yeah. have done a lot of foreign shorts. And then he's yeah, supposed he... to be in uh The Last Hitman, Road to Cape, The Capri, The Prairie Bones, Django Lives. Yeah. Uh, What's Django Lives? Oh, they're doing some sequel. Oh well, but it's not oh, a sequel to Django Unchained, right? No, no, no. It's, oh. I think, yeah. it's continuing on the original storyline? Yeah, I think okay. so. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, Inferno uh, by Dante. Uh, Silent Life he's filming now. Hmm. Another foreign film. <laughs> Unforgettable is a pre-production. He, it looked like he got a bunch of work after this. Cool. And he's doing Kioma Rises, apparently, with the original uh, director, Enzo G. Castellari. Hmm. Cool. Good on okay. it. Well, next on our list, this will make Daryl happy, Molly Ringwald. <laughs> she is also featured in this documentary. She is wonderful. I feel like we don't even need to say who she is. Like, if you don't know, then she... I, I, anybody who, like, chose to listen to Forgotten Flicks and has no idea who Molly Ringwald is, I got I'm, nothing for you. I'm I, saying. I'm, I'm sorry. Robin Sherwood, <laughs> just poor some guy out there going, really, guy? Really? What? Who, is really? <laughs> who is she? Who is wow, she? way to do your job. Uh, <laughs> Robin <laughs> Sherwood. Neighbor to Robin of Loxley. Mm, yeah. Who, who, was, who was Robin Sherwood? That his name is completely escaping me as to who that is. Uh, it's escaping me myself. Anybody? Anybody? 
Anyone? No, sorry, sorry, Robin. the name, but but uh, no. So, sorry, no. Robin. Robin Loxley. Robin. Marie, Marina Sirtis. Oh well, yeah. Star Trek. Come on. Yeah. I saw her boobs. I I, I was I was I, I actually it. felt bad. I felt guilty. <laughs> when they show them the documentary, and I will warn everybody yeah. right now: if you have sensibilities, this documentary shows this yeah. is a this is a this documentary is hard R because it shows clips from a lot of the canon movies, and many of them were. Yes, but if you're bothered by graphic nudity, rape, uh, violence, or any of the above, then I would say yep. you might want to either fast forward or bypass. Yep. But that being said, uh, yeah, she was Deanna Troy, and I always loved. It. She was always so not wholesome's not the right word, but no. no. You know what I'm saying? Like there was, it's like I don't know. There's certain actresses. It's like no, I just I, she's a very beautiful woman, and I just I don't know. It, I don't know. She seems classier than oh. that. You know what I mean? Like I know that's a judgmental yeah. thing to say. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean? Like I just I don't know. I don't want to see her like that. I don't know. I don't know where you're going with this. I don't know. I don't know. You don't want nothing. to see her like that. I don't. Well, well, nobody wants to see an actress in rape scenes. I mean, well, I know. I really mean, yeah, of course not that. Because we'll get, oh, by the way, pretty much the only sound clips I have from this are related to that stuff. So we'll we'll get into that. Yeah, because they get into that a lot. Yeah, they do. Catherine Mary Stewart. Nobody, you guys don't like know who she is. And I'm just kidding. Uh, of course, we love her. Uh, right off the bat, we got Last Starfighter, Night of the Comet. I can't believe I didn't start with that one. Uh, we did Mischief. I, I, you surprised me, too, that you didn't. Mischief was a movie we covered. Yes. And uh, uh, that was also with Kelly Preston. I just want to yes, mention that. Yes, it was. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, she's a fantastic actress, has been in many <laughs> things. She is also – and you know what? Watching her – of there's a handful of people in this documentary that jumped out at me. Mm-hmm. Her and actually the next one on the list, Alex Winter, probably best yep. known. Did anybody? Anybody? Freaked. Um, yeah, Freaked. I was – I, I, actually, I, I had that one on Laserdisc. I really like that. that Which movie. one was that? You never saw Freaked? Wow, that was the cowboy and the, the frog man. And yeah, when the, he plays, the, like, was it Ricky yeah. Coogan or something? He's like this actor who's just a total narcissistic yeah. douche, and he gets mutated on one side, and it's just dark. Yeah. It's kind of a really messed up comedy. Randy Quaid's in it. Uh, yeah. Mr. T plays the bearded lady. Yeah. You don't remember this, Daryl? You know what? I've never seen it. Came them. out in the 90s. Brooke Shields is in it. We have got to do that movie. I've never seen that this movie. Is one is of those great. that totally passed me. I well, never... he was he directed that too, I believe. So he did, yeah, yeah, he's so. become a director. He directed that. He's directed some documentaries. Yeah, yeah, he's Very he's talented, smart guy, but he's probably best known for Bill and Ted. Boom. And I always screw this up. Was he oh. he's Bill. No. Uh, he he's is Bill because Ted is canon, right? Bill, yeah, Ted Esquire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's yeah. Bill. He is Bill of Bill yep. and Ted. He and Catherine Mary Stewart, to me, both of them seemed – I'm not saying other people didn't seem you know decent in the way they were interviewed and whatnot. But, like, they didn't – it was – he was he, he was pretty ruthless. <laughs> we'll get into yes. it. About what he, <laughs> when he talked about the director of the Death Wish Oh, yeah. Movies. He hated yeah. it. He must have hated it. But he's like – I don't know. There was something about the guy that I was like, you know what, dude? Good on you. You you he's not playing the politics nicey nice game. No, no, and no. and with her though, she was like the flip side. Like with her, she just seems like genuinely this nice, decent person. She's like, yeah, you know what are you gonna do? I was naive. Yeah, I, I mean, she, everything was. They just seem like two really cool people that you'd want to have a cup of coffee with. Like they're just nice. Yep. Well, I don't people. think she got caught up in the. She didn't have to play those roles where she was, you know. No, in, in, no, in a bad not. position. I mean, she her character was the naive one, so she kind of got away. She she was not. 
Yes, she avoided uh, some she of the... She read the script. Yeah, she, she read the script and found out what would be required, yes. Yeah, so she she got, you know... It was all around her, though. Now, they but... say Frank... Yeah, right, Franco Zeffirelli was interviewed, wasn't he, in his home? Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. The director. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah really yeah, old guy. Yeah, he, yeah. yeah, his name to me, I know he did tons of great films, but his Romeo and Juliet with Olivia Hussey... That is the one that always I because I remember we watched that in ninth grade. That was the Romeo one Jul- of the few people that actually still like them. Yeah, what's that? Yep. You remember he was one of the few that actually. Oh still yes, yeah, you're right. Something uh, positive to say about. There was them. a couple people that I think you could tell they were doing the apologist thing, where it's like, yeah, yeah they're not great guys, but you know, under the circumstances, they paid me at least. Yeah, you know, like yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I was one of the ones who got paid, so it's okay. Yeah, all right. Now that's the list that I have here from Wiki. Do you guys yeah, have any additional people you want to mention? Because obviously, at some point, we probably should discuss some elements of the movie. Now, here's the thing: it's a documentary, so I don't want to go yeah. beat by beat. And they cover a ton oh, of movies. Oh, they, they cover it. But but I feel like there's a couple of nuggets we have got to hit on. Okay. Yeah. The, the first one, let's get it straight out. With, with oh, first off, I don't know about you guys, but the biggest thing I learned from this movie, the mm. biggest thing, was how to properly say. Golden Globus, because that's how I used to always pronounce it. Oh, and I used to uh, think in, in true Southern style, Menaham Golan. <laughs> I thought his name was Menaham Golan. You're, you're right. It is Menachem Golan, and now I know that, and I'm happier for it. And, and Globus is actually, I think, just Globus, right? Or Globus? And yeah, yeah, kind, of, yeah. kind of like actually sounds like it looks like. And and they were the the two that didn't want to be on the documentary. Yeah, no, they made their they made their own. Yeah, well, the that was, so we, well, you know what? What I, what I, what you learned from watching this documentary are they are so control contrary. Freaks. Yeah, they're control freaks as well. Yeah. But they're so rebellious yeah. about everything that even for them, you know, they're not making. They're not doing any documentary. But they just said that they just said they because they didn't have control of this documentary. They were like, we refuse to do the interview. And on top of that, then they announced they're going to do one. Now, you they know. did it. It's apparently played they some did. film festivals. Yeah, they they but you, did it? Yeah, it's called the yeah, Go-Go Boys. Yeah, the Go-Go Boys. But you I can't, can't find it. it anywhere because I looked. It's I apparently played up. Where? I think oh, well, it's been a while, but I think I found it on Amazon at one point. Okay, well, yeah. to be, yeah, to, to, to be fair, I wasn't beat. looking to buy the DVD. I just wanted to watch it streaming, and I couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, streaming. well, yeah, I couldn't find it. Yeah, that, uh, I couldn't find it either. But I Well, think that's it's, weird uh, that the one that they did got no distribution well, at and, all. Well, you know, what's very weird is that I get, look, I get that they want to you know be careful because, you know, they don't necessarily know that the document is going to treat them fairly. I get that. But I don't know. I first off, that was probably one of my bigger gripes with because I think it's a fantastic documentary. Let's just get that out of the way right now. Mm-hmm. Fantastic, it, whether you liked canon movies or not, just the, it's very nostalgic. The era, yeah. there's, they show a lot. Oh, of, you're so right. I see it. And oh yeah, the Google Boys for twenty five dollars. Get out of here. Oh yeah, that, yeah. I think that was the other thing. Maybe I did find it on DVD and thought, oh, you know what? It's only in sweet. That's what. It's not, no non USA. Uh, oh, they don't have a USA format. It it's it's imported. Isn't that weird. Sweet. Like you would think it would be somewhere. That's yeah. what I'm saying. This is so weird because this is from them. Well, here's the thing. Let's be frank. If they directed and wrote and produced their own documentary about themselves, what's the chances that I'm just going to throw out there? It might be mm, 
painted? A, a little bit biased. Now, all documentaries would be, but even biased, there's usually yeah. But all documentaries have a bias. All documentaries lean a direction, yeah, and they do. have. A, but they but totally when you're, it's almost like. It, you got to be careful it doesn't slip into – I'm not saying it's propaganda, but I, I could see them whitewashing a lot of it. So to me, I want to see it because I want to see at least some in their own words of what yeah, they yeah. thought. And you get that to the degree in this, but it's all archive or archival footage. You get all that archival footage in this one. So you get a lot of their thoughts at the time, but you don't get – them now, like looking back, I want the, like the hindsight. We got the then. I want the now. Like, what do they think now? Yeah, but they, they have even have Sylvester Stallone is one of the hosts of it. Yeah, apparently they got get they got Stone. Did they get Norris in the Go Go Boys? I, they did not get. Go- I don't know. I haven't seen it. So He's not. And that's I haven't read thing. up on it. The, I didn't see Lord Nor, Nor, Chuck Norris listed, but okay. uh, well, he, he did list um, Dolph Lundgren. I think he was listed. Okay, and I think Dudikoff because apparently Dudikoff, according to uh, my buddy Terry who does the Flickering Waves podcast and has been on this one before, he mm-hmm. has said that he thinks Dudikoff may be the only one who's in both. Oh, okay. So, uh, you know, and the thing was is that for those people that have just yeah, the but- vaguest recollection of canon, uh, Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson were probably the two biggest stars they worked with, aside from Stallone. But I kind of feel like the Stallone stuff was always with another studio. Like, they kind of did it as a joint thing. It was not just, yeah. you know. No, I think that the the biggest, the two biggest, was Charlie Bronson and, and and Chuck Norris. It's just weird, though. You would think that with those two, and 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 how much. Uh, well, I guess cause they've never really been connected into Hollywood like everyone else, which they haven't, which they didn't. They heavily went into in the documentary how they were not. They were kind of anti Hollywood. They weren't. Yeah. They didn't politic with people. They didn't do lunch. They didn't do, you know, like that wasn't no, there. Yeah, well, we're yeah, talking about Menachem Golan and They ran things a lot differently than yes. how uh, Hollywood is usually run. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there, uh, I was just going to say there was no bullshit with them, even though there were. But you know, when it came to making movies, there really wasn't. It was all about making movies yes. and nothing else. And I think that basically. that was one of the like the the it's the, your straight greatest strength can also be your greatest weakness. I think what their yep. greatest strength was they put their money where their mouth was and they produced. I mean, these guys were producers. They shipped. They got stuff yeah. done. You cannot. That is one criticism. You cannot level at them. These mm-hmm. dudes made it happen. I thought there's one clip with Menachem where he says, you know, yeah, people they, they make the movies that are blah 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 blah, and you know, no, you know, yeah. and it's like you know what, good on you, man, because he's right. A lot of people. The present company, yeah, they talk, present they company talk. included, uh, have spent many time, many years <laughs> just talking a good game. But when it comes yeah, time to put it. up or shut up, so it's easy to be critical of the end product. But the dudes right. did produce. They were hustlers. They, they were. They, they were hustlers. Uh, you know, they they gambled yeah. a lot on on how to, when they did films. They did a lot of the. Uh, they didn't even have a movie done. Like they didn't even have a script or anything written. They would just do the. The yeah, no. uh, the promo thing they would they would do yeah. the images and that sell it on the images yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and he, made up, he made up movies on, on right. the go yeah what's the new movie that about? reminded me of Corman though that, that seemed like a Corman esque thing to do you create right. a poster you go and raise funds based on the idea you pitch the concept and then once you've got the funds you make the movie but they got a lot more money than Corman did yes. though that's the uh, thing yeah. like they they. They were they were working in the millions, man. But, but I can make another argument, which is Corman's still working at this today. Yeah, well, yeah, because they, they, they were too well. 
Yeah, that too. But I, I think what, uh, but the thing with them is they, they, they kept going at that rate. They did too much. Yeah. They yeah. never pulled back. Yeah, I think, I they think Corman them. great created a scenario, a model where he said, you know what? I can make these movies at this level and I'll always turn yeah. a profit. And that is where right. we stay. And no matter what happens, we are not exceeding that. And he kept his eye focused on that intention. Exactly. And he knew his why, right? He knew why yeah. he was doing this and he did it. And I think that's why he is still there. That's my opinion. But I think that's why he still yeah. does his thing because he's never lost sight of that. No, but, big, uh, uh, I mean, the, the Golden Globus always wanted to be bigger and better. Yeah. And faster. Yeah. yeah. Now, I have a little, I do have, I found an interview with the director, Mark Hartley. It it was actually about a four minute long interview. If you go on YouTube and just you know type Mark Hartley Electric Boogaloo interview or something like that, I'm sure you'll find it. I clicked out about a minute of it because I felt like people who really weren't familiar with these guys at all, that this might, because he does a pretty good uh, high level encapsulation although we've done a decent one i think ourselves uh, of, of them so i'm just gonna play that real quick and then i want to go into some death wish talk because i feel like that was an area that i came away from this movie going i feel dirty and disturbed <laughs> by some of the stuff that they said so let's just hear this real quick interview with uh, the director canna films was a company run by two israelis menachem golan and yoram globus and they were the Steven Spielbergs and George Lucas combined of Israel in the 60s. If you look at the top 20 films in Israel, they had 18 of them with their names on it. They thought they could replicate that success in the States, so they went over to America and tried to take on the Hollywood studio system by making the craziest films you can possibly imagine now looking back in retrospect. They introduced ninjas to the big screen. They brought Charles Bronson into the mix, made a whole lot of Death Wish films. They made breakdance movies. They made Lambada movies. They made any kind of film under the sun that they could pre-sell. Canon survived because in the in late 70s and early 80s, the major studios had locked out a lot of independent distributors. They couldn't get their hands on American-style films in foreign territories. So these Canon guys said, okay, we'll make kind of American films that seem like American films and we'll sell them to these territories and they'll buy them. And that's what they did. They made films under five million bucks, sold them into profit and had some kind of, well, they just kept on making films. They made film after film after film. And that in a nutshell. And I think what's good about what they said is they really late he when he when he said that, he laid the groundwork of how successful they were in Israel. I mean, these guys were huge. Oh, yeah. The, the first, their movie. I think they said to this day they still have the highest grossing movie. Well, because they didn't they produce Lemon Popsicle, or did they? Is that is, did they produce Lemon Popsicle, or is that where the, how they got a hold of uh, Boaz Davidson? Because Boaz Davidson directed Lemon Popsicle, and that's the one I think that's the highest grossing. I, they probably produced it. What it made it seem like they had. Well, maybe they did. Well, they, well, they did Last American Virgin, so I think I, I know at some point they got involved in that. Right. They had to. They yes. had. They had something to do. Sure. Well, they, they. 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 You said they had that. At least at some point, mm-hmm. eighteen of the top twenty movies, the highest grossing movies in Israel. And I realized that population wise, it's not a huge country. But still, if you got eighteen of the top movies, top twenty movies in any country, I don't care how big it is. To this day, that's pretty freaking impressive. Yeah. To this day, it's still the. They still have the highest grossing movie. And I would say too that. The Death Wish movies, I just want to kind of – the Chuck Norris movies and the Death Wish movies are probably the better known of a lot of their product. And, and there's you know, some others, but right. certainly. But, but I think that those are the ones that most mainstream people would be aware of. 
I well, that hit a dirt. I mean, we talked about it earlier with like Cobra and stuff, but Death Wish especially yes. came out. That hit a uh, major. And of course, they produced Cobra. <laughs> wow. That hit a major market. I mean, that, that yes. was at that time in the 80s, man. That was uh, fear was the thing and crime. Yes. Well, the, that, now the original that. Death Wish, that came out, what was it, 75? Uh, maybe Ish. I know it was mid seventies. I think that but second it stayed one, in the movies for a minute. Yeah, but they didn't make the second one until several years later, right? Isn't that right. how it worked? I think, yeah. Okay. Because I think you're right. I think most of them were in the eighties. I think Death Wish two, maybe eighty two. I probably mm. could just look that up and tell you. Uh, but it, it uh, I think, was around eighty two. Am I wrong on that, Peter? I'm going to check did, it right did, did, now. Did, did, is Peter with us? Peter, have we lost you? Where'd you go? To? Oh, I muted myself. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, eighty two. <laughs> Oh, yes, it was. You're absolutely right. So they and they did a series of other movies with him. But I want to focus on Death Wish because here's the thing. I saw Death Wish again, much like several other horror movies I've mentioned in the past, way too young. And I remember being deeply disturbed because, you know, the whole setup of Death Wish is he, you know, Charles Bronson plays this guy named Paul Kersey. He's this very liberal sort of bleeding heart pacifist architect lives in the uh-huh. city about you know doesn't you know, you know very uh pc about everything and then his wife and daughter are basically raped and murdered and it's brutal it's a brutal movie totally. but yeah. and, then, and then as a result he becomes a vigilante and goes on a rampage it, it's a movie that ebert at the time gave i think three three and a half stars to because even though it was very controversial and was disturbing in a lot of ways uh-huh. it's not a bad movie and no, it's not. And it was it was directed by this guy, Michael Winner. Yep. Yeah. Who has since passed. I think he passed away in 2013. Okay. Yeah, I think so. He is a, a British gentleman. He seems very like many many British folk do, Mags, very proper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Phil, all Ben, all of our, our buddies out there. Uh, okay, I just realized that at least one of you may in fact be Australian. Um <laughs> so, mm. No, I think I think you're I think you're all I think I'm 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 almost a hundred percent at least all of the three I mentioned. Yeah. See, he Australia. and Heath, I knew I remembered you were Australian. So anyway, yeah. um, he's very uh, again very seems like a very proper gentleman type. Yes. Proving that assumptions might not be the best thing to go with. <laughs> According to the folks involved in this movie, <clears throat> there was issues. Uh, with Death Wish 2 specifically, mm-hmm. and when, when Canon took the franchise over. Now, it went all the way up to Death Wish 5, technically, right? Oh, yeah. He was basically yeah. the Punisher on, on in the film. He yes. was basically and the I owned them all. I've never seen course. 5. I've seen 2, 3, 4 is the crackdown, right? I've seen that one. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen 5 either. I, I have it, though. I, but, uh, but see, I, I think 5 was originally going to be like called something else. or so. I seem to remember that. Or it was that maybe one of those where it went. I don't know if it went straight to video or if Canon was already starting to fall apart. It was like a weird. I remember it was something different with that one. That, that it wasn't a tr- like a straight up Death Wish movie, if I remember correctly. Uh, I don't uh, <laughs> I just sure don't. Re- I don't remember. It's been a no. while. I, I haven't seen, and I've never seen. I know I've never seen that. I remember when the poster, because I think it came out in '94. So I was my high school senior year, and I remember that poster being at the rental store. I just remember seeing that there, thinking, "Oh, a new Death Wish movie." Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it, it kind of was a mini kind of a reboot because he went into. I remember, he went into uh, witness protection. I had to read that to remember. He went into <laughs> witness protection. <laughs> Because his identity got out that he was the, the vigilante. You know, yeah, every the cops knew yeah. about him. Like, ah, uh, so yeah, 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 yeah. 
Yeah. So especially yeah. after uh, Crackdown, because he basically took a whole neighborhood and <laughs> just killed yeah. everybody. Doesn't that one involve a missile criminals. launcher? Doesn't is, I know there is. It also... had yes, it yeah. had a missile launcher and all that. Like yeah. he basically yeah. took a neighborhood and they they formed an army. It was kind of like they described, like they took a neighborhood of middle class people and yeah. that were uh, yeah. ravaged by crime and basically proceeded to kill all the criminals in the. Uh, this army of, of gangs of criminals that were with no them. with no subtly implied racial overtones what to speak no. of at all. No, not <laughs> at all. So the cop had found out about them. You know that they, yes. they always have that one that's chasing the yes. uh, vigilante, yes. the one we won't we root against. Of course, yeah. You're, you're bleeding hurting, bleeding you're heart a, cop. Bleeding heart cop, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he went into witness, witness protection and all that, and quiet time. He, he had a quiet life until someone finds until him. until Kinjite came out, and then oh wait, that's a different movie. Well, uh, yes, it is. I have that one too. <laughs> that's why I love it. I'm a, I'm a huge Charlie Bronson. And Charlie Bronson is great. And actually, a uh, quick little side note: I, I won't mention names because obviously I don't know if people want to be mentioned. But for several years, I was a primarily a substitute teacher, hence the twitch in my eye and male pattern baldness that was uh, early onset. I was a substitute teacher at a middle school, and the secretary, the office secretary that was there, she was. I want to say she was the cousin of the woman that Charlie Bronson was married to. I was, no. that was, I'm sorry, aunt. That was her niece. Because she had a picture of her niece and Charlie. It was, you it, mean the one that passed away from cancer or after that? It was, I, it was, I think his, it must be a second or third. I don't know how many wives. Be, it was it, his yeah, last it was, wife. It was okay. the last one he had before he died. Okay. Because the first one was an act. She was an actress. Yeah. No, uh, no, this was, this would have been something, right? What's that? was Jill something, wasn't she it? She was in a movie with him, too. Oh, uh, J- Jill Ireland? Yeah. Was it Jill Ireland? Was that the, that was the first one? Maybe. Yeah, I think that was. Okay, and so, yeah, this girl, I, I don't think she, I don't know if she was an actress or not. I don't think she was. She was very pretty, but I don't remember if she was an actress. Mm-hmm. But anyway, but that's so kind of a cool little, I remember when I found that out, I was probably the only person who came in her office, saw that picture, and went, oh, my God! Right. <laughs> Is that Chuck Bronson? <laughs> uh, like, I know the guy. Jill Ireland, so, yeah. Jill Ireland. 68 to 1990. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so um, anyway, this movie, and what I love is that, isn't it interesting how, now again, he's just an actor doing a role, I get that, but how somehow Charlie Bronson stays above the fray. Like, we we criticize the writing of the movie, we criticize the director big time in this documentary, right. and and yet, some reason, nobody ever goes in, we have to ask why Chuck Bronson wanted to be on the, but I can tell you why, it's called a paycheck. So, well, yeah. Well, he was one of, I he was one of those actors that got caught in a thing where he couldn't get, um, he couldn't get roles like he wanted anymore, and this this yeah. one role that he yes. got uh, that was successful was all people saw of him. Yeah, even though he's done so many other things, that yeah, it was either that. rebel and don't get paid, and and yeah. sit in obscurity and, and don't make any money, or these two guys are going to give me a lot of money, and guess what? I'm yep. gonna make them. Yeah, I'm gonna make them get do a lot of stuff. Like and they described it in the thing, they had to drive him. Like a what? Not even a block away to the set, and they had to <laughs> yeah. up. And he wouldn't do any stunts. They were like, "No, you're gonna do. You're gonna use the stunt man for me." Uh huh. So I mean, yeah, that, I mean, that's it's... how he got stuck. I mean, he was, um, but he he really helped to build canon though too, because yep. he was yeah. he was that name. He was the big name there, which along with Chuck Norris and Sylvester Stallone down yeah. the line. Uh, I mean, that Michael uh, Dudikoff. Well, he yeah, built. He was supposed yeah. to be a bigger thing, and it just never. 
Yeah, never got out of the American Ninja stuff. No, that was basically all he was in. You right. know who I forgot to mention that they interviewed? Mm. Who? Olivia, who? Olivia Diabo. Remember the sister from Wonder Years? Uh, yeah. The good. Good. All right. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, but yeah, that, that Faces of Death was, um, yeah, when he died, that it, when the character got killed off and they were going to do uh, a spinoff thing uh, to relaunch it. And it Did you it say Faces of Death? The Face of Death. Oh, The Face of Death. I think he said Faces, Faces of Death. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a different movie series. No, no, no. That's another, don't look for that one unless you can really stand. Yes. Real people get killed. But uh, yeah, that that uh, he died in that one, and then it was uh, supposed to go off and and okay, I, and relaunch. I, and that's canon always did. They, that's the thing with canon, man. They always tried to uh, build these franchises first. Like they built, yeah. they they wanted to build all these, you know, these franchises like uh, Breaking. They, they they did a little, <laughs> and it didn't work out as well. Yeah, uh, but they the even wanted. Yeah, they even, what was the other one they wanted the Death Wish they did it with? They wanted to do it with um, the American Ninja they mm-hmm. did the franchises yeah. with. Uh, I mean, stuff they do now. It's, yeah, I mean, they wanted is, the American, the, the last American version, they wanted that to be a franchise. Like with well, Lemon Popsicle, right? Yeah, like exactly. Popsicle, yeah. Like, that's the market we're at right now is, is wow, everybody's, every studio is trying to build. Well, they always have. All these franchises. Always, at least in the modern yeah, era. Yeah, but it didn't hit. It, it has been a, it's been a while where there's been uh, successful franchises hitting like it has now. I mean, yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. The, 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 the level of the, the amount of money that these franchises are pulling in. Well, is you're talking about, you're talking about superhero franchises. Yeah, well, uh, sci-fi too. Oh yes, but yeah, but how can you make the argument at least since the blockbuster era started in the seventies that if you if you hit the right one, at least not superhero wise, superhero is a relatively recent. But sci-fi, yeah. I mean, going to going to start with Star Wars, I think those have always been a relatively, you know, I would say safe, but you know what but I mean. But there's always been a, but there's always been a uh, a sort of um, ceiling over how how well they do. They do well to a point, but there's been a yeah. ceiling over it. Now I, I think it's getting to the point where the that ceiling is is raised very high. Well, hey, Force Awakens only made two billion. Yeah, um, well, what Daryl said, sure. the ceiling but, is raised. <laughs> <really>. <laughs> Okay, so real, real quick, but but I want to, I do want to, we'll mm-hmm. we'll move past Death Wish. I do want to play this real quick clip of the talk, and I think Alex Winters in this, and maybe somebody else, uh, maybe uh, actually. Um, Ms. Sirtis from Next Generation talking about the director specifically from the Death Wish movies, Michael Winner. Michael was a pathologically brutal, strange, sadistic, insecure, egotistical (laughs) character. He seems to have used his job as a director to, frankly, abuse people. They always seem to call for me if things have to be blown up. People have to be killed, raped, or shot, you see. I don't know why they call for a nice, charming chap like me. We're shooting in a leaky garage, brains coming in through the roof, and I'm lying naked. He wouldn't even let me get up. He wanted me to lie there to be lit, and I was freezing. And the director of photography came and put his coat on me, and Winner screamed at him to get the coat off. How is he supposed to light me? Completely illegal by union standards and total sadism. Mike would say to the special effects man, where's a good place for me to be, John? 
And ever the crew used to say, in the back of the car, Michael. <laughs> in the back of the car. Boom. Yeah. yeah. And so here's the thing. I, obviously, many directors and such get their reputations of being uh, jerks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a line. Okay. And when they talked about that, that was the person, the woman you heard was uh, Miss Sirtis from Next Generation, Deanna Troy, talking about there's a scene where she, her character is being raped. Yeah. And they're lighting her. So this is not even during the scene. Okay. No. They're lighting her and the DP comes over and tries to give her a jacket because it's cold. And right. this jerk, I'm sorry to speak ill of the dead, <laughs> starts yelling. And it's at that moment. See, here's the thing. There, I get it because I think if I was 22 and I'm working on a movie set mm-hmm. and I think about who I was at 22, I, I would I would like to believe I would have done the right thing, right? And stood up and said, BS, call BS. Of course, I realize you have to consider the time and blah, 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 blah. But I know me now, me now, I'm just thinking, well, well, here goes my career because I would proceed to pull a Paul Kersey on his butt. And I don't mean like as in lethally, but I do mean there might be a fist involved and missing teeth because there's no way in hell <laughs> I'm going to sit there and, well, first off, I wouldn't have been partaking in a movie dealing with graphic rape anyway but the point is you get what i'm saying i just that that set me off so much like when alex winter rips him there at the beginning Mm -hmm. i was like you know what i i I know nothing about you mr winter in real life i love you like i love that you have the balls to just lay it and i realize you can make the argument well yeah easy to say now that the guy's not around anymore to defend himself and that's fair i will say though there seemed to and i didn't play all the clips there was definitely a pattern of behavior Mm -hmm. yeah so I mentioned before that I find, you know, there's obviously lots of things in movies that I guess I get the older I get, the more sensitive I become. But rape has always been something that's deeply, you know, I, I think this is a good quality I have, has bothered me a lot. and As it should. Yes. But I remember the Death Wish movies uh-huh. were just so disturbing. And as a kid, I didn't get, it's hard to explain this, but. I, I never took it as being, quote unquote, titillating. I always thought it was just disturbing. And I guess there was a part of me that just assumed that, that was how it was meant to be taken. But after yeah. watching this, I'm like, maybe not. <laughs> well, I did I remember the first one, I think, hit such a nerve because it, it, it hit on that um, uh, feeling of hopelessness that people get yeah. about crime. Yeah. Like that, that totally, like, what if? Like that is such a it hits all your buttons if you're human. Yeah. If you're yeah. you're normal human. And I'm not saying the subject. I look. I'm a big free speech guy, so I am not saying that. Oh, you should never even make a movie like that. It should be banned. No, not at all. No, but I, there wasn't a lot of films like this out. Not so to this when, degree. When it yeah, when it hit, and 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 it really uh, and it hit on that point. I mean, the the whole thing of. Uh, the, the wife dying and sure. the daughter being like it was horrible. But here's like, the thing about, but and it's horrible in the first one. But the second one, man, like I've forgotten because it's been well, so long. Well, jump on that. What do we do if you find a movie that does really well? I mean, this sure. was a very cheap movie. This was only three million to make, and it made, uh, you know, over a twenty good million dollars deal at that time. To because it got it, it ha, it was one of those things, and this happens still to this day, where we go, oh, I don't want to see that, but I'll watch it. Like it's we watch it yeah. to be scared or angered. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's oh, the rubber, we, it's the rubberneck. Like you don't want to see the what's happened in the car accident, but you right. look anyway. Yeah, it totally that's what it did. And what do we do when? Oh, if well, if the audience went to watch this, oh sure, 
They want more of the same. Let's amp it. And and that was the mindset of the director, probably, and the studio that backed him. Like, let's amp it. And because it did well, he had power, and it wasn't really... I mean, I listened to... There's a a show I listened to that talks about... I think it's called For Your Consideration. It talks about old Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, if you think they sound terrible... I mean, Hollywood, I mean, it's it the things that women had to go through and people of color and all of that, the thing actors went through back then and studios pretty much you were in servitude. You Mm might have gotten paid something. Sure. And you were, you know, you appeared to be glamorous, but they pretty much controlled your life. They made you marry people. You couldn't be yourself. Yep. Like, so they, I mean, Points of you had a, you had a contract. You have to do the, that and this right. and so and and, and, and I'm do as you're told. Women were really, you, you know, you, you think they're treated like pieces of meat, you know, like like how this director did it. This was treated like that from the studio heads. Like they would come in and and do terrible yes. things and treat them like they yes. were nothing and yes. like they were just prostitutes. I pay Props. you, so yeah. you Props. have to do what I want. So there, there is that old time mentality of you are just, you are, you are a thing I pay. You are, you work for yeah. me, you do what I tell you. And that sounds a lot like what the, you know, the director had that old, style of not really being concerned about what your actors are feeling, what they want, what, you know, like, are, are they okay? It, it, it just wasn't like that for that time. It was, I, you do what I tell you to do. You're not human. You do this. I film it the way I want to film it. Everybody has this problem with that. It's too bad. I'm the boss. I'm the director. And this is my set. I guess, I guess Daryl, I just wasn't raised that way because that is so abhorrent to me. And so yeah, I yeah. just can't imagine oh, treating yeah, somebody yeah, like totally. that. Yeah. I'm horrified. Like, listen, I would urge people to listen to all those movies that people like, those old time movies that you hearing the behind the scenes. It's always maybe better you don't because ignorance is bliss. <laughs> right. For people that really love those films, ignorance is bliss. But I kind of like to hear the behind the scenes stuff. So yeah. just hearing the, the stuff that was going on. <laughs> Uh, back even, then. even like with uh, Mr. The, the master himself, Mr. Hitchcock, mm-hmm. the way he treated right, uh, right. And if they gave him the cold hand and said that they wanted nothing to do with him, he was even worse. Yeah, yeah. At least to the the actresses. So, uh, what I've heard, apparently, uh, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. So, and that, of course, anything you hear on the Forgotten Flicks or Retro Movie Geek podcast <laughs> are said with the following <laughs> caveat: allegedly. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, all the, with the rape stuff and everything, just like uh, uh, you know the the movie Savage Streets with uh, yes, I, I never Blair. I never saw it, but I know of it. I know the title. I know. Yeah, the and I mean, Lenea Quigley uh, is in it, and uh, she's raped in it, and she's a mute. Yeah, which mm-hmm. kind of makes it worse. I mean, it, well, the way, and Death Wish too, thing. right? His daughter is basically was mentally challenged. Yeah. Well, she, well, she was she was so traumatized from what happened in the first right. movie, and then yeah, they yeah. brutalize her again. And when they were sh- even when they're showing the clips out of the context of the mm-hmm. movie for yeah. the documentary, I'm yeah, like, this is I don't yeah. even want to see this crap, man. This, and I, I saw that as a young youngin. I, I, I saw that. So, so what you're saying is it totally turned you in, into a criminal. Because I know a lot of them. Well, oh, I it, ran yeah. the streets. Oh, you did. You did. Streets me too. Me too. Me too. Totally. The gangs yeah. and the whole yep. thing. But it it, it totally um, 
there's a di- different sensibility uh, now than, than the movies that came out then. I mean, it, it really was a rough. A lot of the movies had such a dark take on on uh, crime. Like it, it's to the, the left. Yeah, I mean, it was yeah. to the point where it was just traumatic. Oh, yeah. Like their thing was to make it as traumatic for the audience as possible yeah. to the point. And, where and you do is, still get that now with movies like to, yeah, Hostel and some oh, of the, like yeah. Saw movies. Yeah. I mean, there are stuff that I think try to go there, but I would argue a movie like Death Wish was far more mainstream even than say a Hostel. Oh, totally. Hostel yep, is yep, not yep. really. That's not something where you go there. You think to yourself. No one thinks to themselves. I'm going to go to a hostel where it looks so bad and crazy and then people going to try to kill me. That's not something that'll scare you. Hostel is just gross. Uh, you're flinching at the uh, yeah. the gross scenes of how, how you know, blunch blood that they can put in. No, no, no. But the thought of, hey, you're just minding your own business, and, living your life. And somebody and comes in and happen yeah. to, you know, somebody happens to come along sure. and attack you. I mean, that's something that can happen. And that's yeah. something that yeah, does I mean, happen. Yeah. And that's the scary thing. Yeah. Like, that's what really. Yeah, um, they had a, they, they did a lot of those in the 70s and early 80s. Though, those a lot, yeah. But I mean, you, you, I mean, it, it, it was scary. I mean, a, a darkened place, uh, walk mm. through a park, that's a big no-no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even and they walking, pushed the uh, sensors, and they pushed yeah. what they could show, they did. what a rated R movie could show. I mean, it yep. really pushed that line quite a bit at that you know at that time. From the 70s to the 80s, it really pushed yep. the line. Uh, yeah, like, like we mentioned we mentioned before, Miss 45, uh, mm. it, pushed, it really pushed the envelope uh, right. because she was raped twice in the same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, and the Savage Streets, uh, that one too, and the Death Wish movie. What was the one with Butterfly? Something with uh, Pia Sidora? She was uh, her character was one of the movies. She character was raped. Oh, oh so I can't remember that. the name of it, but I mean, I remember them making a big deal about it. Like it yeah. was really. Uh, there was a lot of those. Uh, I mean, they really, really pushed it. Not just with the the violence and gore and stuff, but even with just the the tone again with the tone of it. Yeah. The, the sadistic tone. Yeah, there's a, it's like a there's a nihilism to it. There's this like, yeah, hopelessness, like you said, Daryl. Yeah, Daryl. Daryl said the hopeless. It's like that nihilistic, yeah. hopeless, empty. And you know what? I you know, to each his own. I'm not saying if somebody wants to make those movies, somebody wants to sit through those movies. More part to it. I yeah. you know what? There's only so many hours in my life. I'm not going to. Well, do now that. TV is. I think TV has taken on that. Now. Really? It, it's yeah. not the movie. It's not the movie. It's not the movie. It's not in the the movies anymore as much. That's as it used true. To be. Yeah, because I'll be honest but, with you, Walking Dead. Every every season, I say the same thing to my wife. I swear to God, hun, I I don't know if I could sit through another season of this. Right. If this ends up as hopeless as it freaking seems, and then they'll oh, do really? something. They'll do one little thing mm-hmm. to give you like a ray, literally like the tiniest little pin light of hope, and then they'll just take it away. Well, you look at I and I watch some of them, but I, like Criminal Minds. Oh yeah, um, they're pretty dark. So I don't think of those as nihilistic. They're just they dark. are. Listen, Criminal Minds is, is, Ooh, is to the is. point where some of those episodes of Criminal Minds will jack you <laughs> up, like you, like the, the way that you know people are victimized to the point. Oh, yeah, where did, did, did you see the one, the double Tim, one with uh, Tim Curry, where he was a uh, the clown who said things uh, like no, "They float, no. Georgie." No, 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 no. He was. The, the the season that I don't know remember what season it was. It, it ended with him uh, kind of shooting a dad and then taking the little kid. And he said, like, oh, no, I, yes. don't re- "I don't really, 
I don't really go for them this young, but I'll make it a... Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, in, in and, other and, words, and, uh, oh, man. Uh, SVU, Law & Order, SVU. SVU is about my level, and even then I can only I only watch maybe half a season, and then I don't watch again for two years. With <laughs> some of those episodes, I mean, it had kids. They yeah. were kidnapping them and putting them in pins and, yeah, you know, like these cages and yeah. keeping them. And, and, like, I mean, so yeah. it is... It is no. You know, we 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 don't we. I mean, I'm watching it, but I would hate like for some, like you, I could always tell myself it it didn't really happen to these people. But what's so scary about it is it happened to somebody. That's where they got the you're idea. Watching from. Yeah. is that yet there are things like this that do happen. So it is scary. I agree with you. And speaking of scary, I just want to wrap up this conversation of canon. I realize there are people out there listening saying, well, you didn't talk about Cyborg. You didn't talk about <laughs> oh, the Van ninja stuff. You didn't have the ninja film. We did mention them. We, and we, we may go into the – the other thing is, is in this season of Forgotten Flicks, uh, we may cover some canon movies. Originally, I thought we might cover nothing but, and then I realized I didn't want to jump off a bridge. You so, Because you know we're going to do the Quest of Peace again. One. Two, oh no, I'm not. Three, no, four, no. eight. Nope. Nine, nope. Ten. I want to keep it somewhat light. Like I want to do American Ninja and maybe. Oh, we'll get to the other one. I want to do it. You guys are gonna love I, me for I that. I picked one. Okay, we'll get. Oh, we're gonna get there. I think all the ones we pick because we are we're, movie picks are back. People, we are gonna do a movie pick. I'm gonna wrap this up here because I want to say the year 1987 was pivotal to canon. Uh, three movies came out that year that may have been the beginning of the end. Now the company itself lasted to Superman the Superman four. Superman 4, Quest for Peace, that's one of them. Uh, He-Man, the Masters of the Universe. He-Man, Masters of the Universe also covered... Uh, actually, technically, we've covered them all in Forgotten Flicks in the past, because we did... Yes. Daryl did the Superman episode with us, where we, yep. very high level, I think, discussed four. As I recall, it's funny, at the time, I intentionally tried to watch all the original Superman movies, except for that one. I couldn't do it. Crazy, man. <laughs> I couldn't. You must, you must be a completist. You uh, must. I, yeah, not in, that, not in that regard. So, the there was four, there was... You said He-Man, Master of the Universe, which, again, I don't hate. I don't hate that movie. Yeah. Don't hate that it's movie. a campy, over-the-top you know, crap fest, but I don't hate it. I like it. Uh, and then the other one, which I don't care what you say, I freaking like this movie. I know it tanked over the top. Over the okay. top. Oh, you did, yep. you yep. liked Over the Top? I real? like Over the Dude, it's, Get time, out of it's, here. it's time to go to work, buddy. You turn the hat around. Man, <laughs> that song alone. You are from Florida. I That's... <laughs> <laughs> that song alone. Send your hate mail to Carol. At... <laughs> I'm not Meet giving you email because I don't want to hear you complain. I just made a joke. Across the sky. <laughs> oh, love that movie. Anywho. Oh. So, yeah, so there, there's that. Uh, and there's obviously I – mean, what I love about these guys, though, is is they would do movies like, like He-Man, Master of the Universe, and then follow that up with King Lear. That was the one that Molly Ringwald was in. And that was directed yeah. by, was that, oh, crap. It was a great acclaimed director that I completely brain farted. He was, was it the French director? Oh, nuts. Well, you uh, somebody should have took was notes. The, the, the Ferelli, or Ferelli. That was, was that, was that Franco Zeffirelli's King Lear? No, no, I think, uh, no, that's, I think it was Othello. He did Othello. Was, oh, that's right. You're, okay. I can't remember who did Othello. King, why am I brain farting on who it was that did King Lear? I don't know. I actually printed out pages from Wikipedia and stuff because I didn't want to like mess with my computer because I'm doing the whole Wi-Fi thing. I don't want to screw up Skype. I know. 
who directed it. No, it just says it. King Lear, 1987. It says September 15th, 1987. I have yep. the date it came yep. out, but I don't know how to direct it. Oh, but, but they also did like Barfly with Mickey Rourke, which is this very serious. Uh, well, like Barfly, actually. Yeah, and, and then uh, they did a movie with Cassavetes. So, yeah. I mean, they would yeah, do they, these very serious films. And then. Uh, Barfly was. That was. Uh, oh, God. Oh. Kind of. I'm brain farting on his name now. The, the author. Oh, it was based. You tell who wrote it? Uh, yeah, yes. I don't, I don't remember. Do I have books of him here. Never have. mind. Yeah, you're making it up. You don't read. Okay, so but mm-hmm. there was a ton of other movies. Uh, many I recognized, many I did not. Although, did they? They also distribute. They did a Cry in the Dark. Is that the one? The Dingo ate my baby. Isn't that a Cry yeah, in the yeah, Dark? I think so. Yeah, Meryl so Streep. Uh, That's Meryl amazing. Meryl and uh, Meryl Streep. What's her name? I love yeah. Sam, Sam Neil. You remembered uh, immediately. Meryl yeah, Streep. Wow, that was that. That's hilarious. I'm still on Barfly. Come on. He's still on Inga. What are you talking about? So, yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm still on Inga. Yes. Well, oh, by the way, when it all uh, it, not to give anything away, mild spoiler alert for the documentary. Uh, but they these two gentlemen, when they separated their way, they, they went their separate ways. They uh, both were responsible for the. And I remember when these both landed in theaters, Lombada I didn't see that. and no, the Forbidden that, Dance. That I did see it when it eventually came out on tape because that woman was yeah. hot. <laughs> well, yes. And I wanted so, to see her dead. And it and it was a waste of time. Celluloid? We, well, yeah. they also did uh, The Borrower, which I don't know what point. I don't know if they produced. Oh, well, that They may not have at this point. This may have been something that came out after their tenure. But uh, that was uh, uh, the guy who directed Henry. Why am I doing this, man? I am completely brain. David, not no, David, not David, not because you're old. David Naughton, no, no uh, the, actor. the guy who did uh, uh, Henry Porter. Yeah, yes, of is it David McNaughton? It was, it was like McNaughton. It's uh, why am I? Oh, you're so This sucks. I need and to. Welcome to Forgotten Flakes, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my God. <laughs> well, anyway, the guy who directed Henry. Uh, here's the thing. Oh, oh, he directed Henry. He directed Wild Things. I remember all that. No, why? It's Mc, his last name is McNaughton. I know that. Are we all having strokes at the same time? What's going on here? <laughs> but anyway, he did the borrower. That was Mike Rooker, a son of a what was his name? Yeah, John McNaughton. John Damn McNaughton. It. I knew I got the last name right, so yes. I get partial credit. Okay, got the hard part. All right, how about John how about this? Different. How about this? Speaking of the hard part, why don't we go ahead and do our movie picks? <laughs> Jeez. Before I wet my pants. <laughs> You, hey, 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 Daryl, when I showed you the booth, you saw it. You saw the super big gulp. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's your fault. Why I know. You it's wa- it's Actually, I filled it with water. It was water. Well, yeah. Really? Still, it still well, I already dr- no, I drank the Diet Pepsi out of it earlier. <laughs> I put water. It saves it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so uh, let's start with uh, Peter. Peter, what is your movie pick? I'm hoping it's a canon film. There's so many. Just pick one. I've got to pee. Okay. <laughs> you got to pee? Ooh, let's draw Let me this take, out. They might take our spell time. Spell it. All spell it out. Well, let's cool. see. Uh, I don't know. Would it be hot T-shirts? <laughs> Maybe the great Skycopter Rescue. <laughs> no. No. Hmm. Alien Contaminate. No. Lord, no. Lady Chatterley's going, Lover. No. Going bananas. Going banana? Wasn't that a? Actually, no. Don't pick that one. That's what I was gonna pick. No, I'm not. Which no, one? I'm not going banana. That oh, is a. Damn. Wasn't that a? Dom DeLuise. Oh, you know what? Okay, I might pick goes first. 
You're not, are you going to commit that going bananas? I'm totally, I've never seen it, but when they showed the clip, the first thing I thought was, oh my God, that's going to be this year's a gnome named Gnorm. We are so going to cover going bananas, people. Dom DeLuise and the kid from over the top and a, guy, a little guy in a monkey suit. <laughs> oh God, no, not that. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> yes. no, no. Yes, yes. Oh. So, wasn't that Sam Fur- did it was it directed by Sam Furstenberg the guy who did Breakin? I blanked out at that point. Uh, it was because that that is one of the best parts of the documentary. And the thing talks. <laughs> it looks you know what it looks like if I remember correctly, it looks like a family friendly version of Fluffy from Creep Show. You remember Ooh. remember the thing in the box <laughs> in the crate in Creep Show? Like a version of uh... Bigfoot and the Henderson. Oh, God. It looks so good. Anyway, so that's my pick, Going Bananas. I've never seen it, but we're covering it this year. Peter. <laughs> okay, Cyborg, then. Okay. Just to pick a movie you don't like. Oh, damn. <laughs> you know what? I need to give Cyborg a chance, though. I feel like I, I love that one. I hated it. The because, fighting in that movie is... I, I hated it. it because I saw it when I'm like 19 years old. I'm Mr. Fufu, wannabe filmmaker, and I was doing that obnoxious thing where you just hate on stuff and you yes. don't try to dig deeper. And yeah. it was because it was disjointed. It had its problems. But I think oh, now going it. into it, I might have a different vo- point of view. Now, I liked Van Damme movies back then. I liked Lionheart. I liked a lot of that stuff. But I just I remember not liking it. So well, It has its problems. <laughs> but <laughs> I would like to see it. I would like yeah. to see it. Again, cool. I want to give it another shot. So, so we'll put that one on the list. So, Cyborg. So, Daryl, I have all of them. There are three of them. You have going bananas. No. no oh, no, you may, you have the three cyborgs. <laughs> I thought you meant you had like all three of the movies we're going to cover. I'm like, well, first off, how do you know what Daryl's covering? He hasn't said it yet. Secondly, you have going mm-hmm. bananas. Okay, <laughs> Daryl. Uh, well, two of them that I was going to pick, I found out that they're not freaking available. I don't know what's going on with. Well, man, well hold on. Wait phones. a minute. They might be available from the Peter uh, video store. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I was going to pick American Ninja and I was going to pick or I was going to pick Ninja 3, the domination. Did you, wait a minute. Did we get American Ninja from you, Peter, a while back? Did- Oh, uh, I don't think so. I could have sworn. You know what? I may have it. I may have cut, found that um, on allegedly on YouTube, and I may have downloaded I don't, it. I don't have them, but I will. I, I, I'm always well, that should be in my collection. I have uh, the, I have the whole list of the, the Canon uh, films, and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get a bunch of them. I say I, I say them. you should get them Not all, all of including them. going bananas. No, no. Okay. Robo well, take the movie. No, instead, well. I picked. Uh, not a good movie. Breaking. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, we, we have to cover Breaking. Yes. We have to. Um, I'm going to practice and see if that I can do that. Uh, do you remember where you first were? Do you remember where you first were the very first time you saw Breakdancing? I actually do. I, I do. Well, yeah. A friend's house. I was, I was at my, my friend's house. I was seven years old, and he, he lived in an apartment, seven or eight, maybe early eight. And there was a kid that was an extra neighbor. And in hindsight, I thought. Then I felt like he was an old guy, but he, like looking back on it, he was probably 15. And I remember he was doing like the, you know, the thing where they take the arms and they start on one arm and they make it wave all the way to the other side of that thing. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Daryl probably knows exactly what it's called. Mm-hmm. He's screwing with me. So I have to say things like, you know, they, they have the one hand and they make the fingers move in the, like a snake-like motion. And then it goes up the elbow, through the shoulder, across the b- oh, he was doing something as they call pop uh, locking. No, it yeah. wasn't quite that. It was more like a snake, like more like an I know, undulation. But we, we practiced that. 
You know what I mean? Like, you know, you would go, start like with the right hand and it would go Another through revelation the... from Peter. What's it called? I don't know. But, s- we, but we did the move. The snake? Because we... You mean the arm? Uh, you mean just the way when they do the, like, it's electrical wave going through their yeah. arm? Yeah, goes through the body uh, from one hand to the other. Yeah, but... <laughs> No. Oh, please tell me I have that clean. I hope I I laughed over top of it, but since we're on separate tracks, I am so going to use that now. It's pop, lock, and fool. We said with all the incredulity that Daryl could muster. At one of my friends' house. I thought pop, lock, and was where they do. I guess it's the robot, isn't it? Where they do the hands more like, yeah, okay, never mind. I get the moves right. You got the moves like Jagger. We thought set up a rehearsing studio kind of thing at a yeah but you were already like 28 years old at that point and we did the street dance thingy jesus wept (laughs) (laughs) literally oh god i think yeah a bunch of my friends i was thinking back oh god i pushed this memory out of my head i thought (laughs) i think even a couple of friends uh, they kind of uh and made a public appearance with this. Oh, Lord. That's fantastic. I'm not well, going to name any names at all because holy. <laughs> well, on, on that note, Peter, I say we wrap up the theoretical hour-long episode that there's no way it's going to end up being. Um, now, by telling everybody where they can find your wonderful musings and other talky things. My- wonderful musings they can find it right here at the forgottenflakes.com site or they could go to the retromoviegeek.com site and listen to well us yes talk about stuff other retro movie stuff that one though is probably the more mainstream this is the one where we talk about canon movies and girlfriends from hell and other uh, more and more straight to video type stuff i mean there'll be obviously stuff that played in theaters but yeah yeah bolero and and Revenge of the Ninja and, and yeah, mm. stuff like that. Whereas oh, Retro yeah. Movie Geek is more of the you know mainstream, really not forgotten stuff like Sharky's Machine. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get you, sucker. Yes, I'm gonna get you, sucker. And Ghostbusters will cover when the remake comes out, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, right. Daryl, where can they find you? Uh, you could go to Taylor Diver Podcast and you could find me or other podcasts that I may or may not be on that uh, cover movies, TV, uh, indie films, comics, all that uh, fun stuff. Good deal. Well, and of course, now that Forgotten Flicks is back, at least for the time being, it will be out every uh, other week, say twice a month, a bi-weekly podcast along with Retro Movie Geek. Retro Movie Geek was doing every week. Now it's going to slip into the bi-monthly category or bi-weekly, not bi-monthly, that'd be every other month, bi-weekly category as well. So pretty much we'll alternate between the two. And uh, it, we were going to start taking feedback. Again, we are already doing that in Retro Movie Geek. I got a phone number set up over there. I'll get something else set up for Forgotten Flicks. I'll announce that the next show. Uh, but on that note... Gentlemen, any yeah. final, 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 final words? No, I'm just going to pop lock while we roll out. Yeah, I'll watch Jesus cry. You believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. Well, you're going to meet him. Thanks for listening. And for even more retro movie goodness, be sure to subscribe on iTunes and feel free to leave a review. It helps more people find out about the show. And be sure to join us next time when Forgotten Flicks will be remembering another movie you grew up with.
This show is a proud member of the Movie Podcast Network, where you can hear other great shows like Movie Podcast Weekly, Horror Movie Podcast, Movie Streamcast, The Sci-Fi Podcast, Geekcast Live, Retro Movie Geek, and Forgotten Flicks. Love movies? Then you'll love the Movie Podcast Network. Oh, Forgotten Fool! 